Think about this. When you're feeling really, really, really bad, do you really even think about what your house looks like? Are you like, oh, I feel really bad. Like, I think I'm going to clean my whole house and I'm going to throw away everything in the closets. When you're feeling really shitty, you're just like, I'm not, I just can't deal with this right now. And you just don't want to be bothered and you don't want anything. And it, it's reflected all around you and you feel it in the air. But when you have an amazing day and you come home and your house is a mess, you just like, I, I, you can't have it. It's like, what is going on here? I have to clean everything. I can't believe this happened. How did this even get this far? I have to fix this because it's a wrong reflection. It doesn't feel right. You want it to change. So I feel like the change can start from within or it can start from the outside. But either way, one affects the other. Your space reflects your life. Your life reflects your space. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. What's up, people? Welcome back to Black Belt Beauty Radio. You guys, today's episode is super invigorating with inspiration. I predict you will be buzzing with energy after listening to this one because my guest, Dana Claudette, is just, she just radiates so much great, expansive energy. So, who is this incredible woman? She's a feng shui badass. That's how I'm phrasing her. Um, she's a feng shui master of over a decade now. She's also a Stanford educated art historian. So above all, she is an artist, an artist of life. And what's so rad about her, or one thing that's so rad about Dana, is that she operates her practice of feng shui from a very unlimited place. You know, I, I didn't know much about feng shui before I connected with Dana, which was in part why I wanted to really have a conversation with her. I wanted to learn more about it. You know, I, I knew a few core principles, but, you know, she opened up the fact that there are many different kinds of feng shui practices and she just doesn't operate. Um, you know, her core principles don't rest in a limited approach. So example, it's not like, oh, you got to place your bed this direction or else it's bad luck. I mean, I don't know if that's a real thing, but you know, that's kind of what I knew about feng shui. It's like, you kind of have to do this, you got to do that. And this promotes this and this attracts this. Um, you know, this is lucky or this is not lucky. And, you know, one thing that I really love about Dana is she doesn't even believe in luck. And I, it's just, I don't either. You know, I don't believe in limitations and I don't believe in some kind of luck that, you know, just hits some people and, and not others. I feel that we're responsible for our own luck, that we can attract our own luck. We can invite luck in, you know, great timing, being open, um, you know, just having a certain kind of energy that starts from within, but, you know, also is reflected in our external space, which is, you know, where Dana really focuses, obviously, with her feng shui. And all of that is what allows us to, you know, generate the things that we want for our lives and to feel great within the process. I mean, feng shui, you know, it's exciting to learn about it more, especially I, for me personally, it was exciting to learn Dana's perspective and her approach to it because it's, you know, the way she goes about it is so empowering. It's synergistic, you know, she's not 
teaching you without being there with you and collaborating with you, right? So it's just like, it's it's a it's a real team effort with her, which I love so much. So, you know, a couple things that I think are really cool about the timing of this conversation is, you know, fall is here as much as I miss summer. I mean, California, we got great weather, so I'm kind of an asshole for saying that. But, you know, the fact remains that it's a it's a shift of seasons and there is a cycle, a new cycle upon us. And and you can feel that energetically, even if the weather is still, you know, blazing hot, you know, in that kind of summer way, you feel more of a get down to business tone, you know, school's back and people are back from their holidays and, you know, more focused at work. So, you know, I, it's a really great time to start thinking about, I feel it's a great time to start thinking about what can we do to shift our energy, which I mean that from an internal and external place, to then allow us to be to be able to attract, to create, to achieve, to receive, you know, the things that we desire for our lives. And I'm talking about everything from, you know, health to relationships to harmony in the home to, you know, financial well-being, business success, all of it. And what's awesome is that Dana has these camps, these feng shui camps that um, she has throughout the year. Each of them have a different kind of focus starting point, which but all of it connects to everything. So right now, the one that is coming up, September 10th, is her cash camp. So her cash camp starts with this like building of a solid organized financial foundation. So it's like energizing and beautifying, making plans and then doing the plans. It's an eight-week course. I'm signed up and I'm so excited about it because, you know, again, it's like biology, right? So In biology, there's no separation of like the brain and the heart, you know, the it's all one thing. We are a system of systems. And I feel and I felt this very much um, through Dana's perspective and her approach in feng shui is that, you know, our abundance in love, in health, in financial well-being and all of that is all, it's all one thing. It's all connected, right? Sometimes we can feel more balanced um, or have more in certain areas than others. But the idea is how do we harmonize? How many, how do we harmonize, um, you know, all these kind of pillars so that we're just beaming with, you know, a sense of fulfillment and openness and expansiveness, I mean, how do we become more expansive within ourselves in all these areas? And her camps are, you know, she she's right there with you and she is, you know, she she supports the process basically. So lastly, what I'll say about that is that, you know, I know that at the start of the new year, um, a lot a lot of people are very kind of they're more energized to get serious about their goals and, you know, their visions. But I it's almost like cliche. I love the idea of getting ahead of it, right? So fall just feels like a perfect time for that, to start setting up the path for success in all these things that we want to, you know, attract, to bring in, to receive, to achieve, to actualize, accomplish, all that stuff into in our new year, right? And even if we don't have full clarity on what all of that looks like yet, this is the perfect time to kind of, gain that clarity so that when 2019 starts, 
we're in it. We're ready to go. We have our vision. We have our system set up. Our foundation is already there. Like we're building off a solid foundation. So I, you know, I feel like first listening to this conversation is going to really inspire your mind in that direction. I also predict that you're going to fall in love with Dana and you're going to want to start following her on Instagram and her amazing blog right after this conversation. All the info is in the show notes. And I also predict that a lot of you are going to sign up for that cash camp. And so I might be seeing you guys and collaborating with you guys um, in that, which I'm so excited about. You know, I always, if for those of you guys who already know me, follow me, even if everything feels great, I'm always interested in this idea of how can I make it feel better? How can I open myself up to more, right? And receiving more, creating more, and thus sharing more, right? How do I do that? Well, you know, it's it's great to have this mindset and this desire and from a very unlimited um approach. But I also feel that, you know, being pragmatic, um, you know, and doing the work that needs to get done for on a day-to-day basis is so important. And that is something that you're also going to very clearly receive from Dana. So I can keep going forever because I've been so impacted by connecting with this woman, which I also predict is going to happen to you. Um, but instead, I'm going to let you guys drop into this conversation, enjoy it, and let me know your thoughts. I love hearing them. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Dana Claudette. Dana, I am so excited to have you on Black Black Belt Beauty Radio. I'm so excited. I can't even talk straight. How are you? Thank you for being here. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. And thank you so much. This is really, really just a very synergistic experience. That's such a beautiful way to put it. It's so perfect. Um, thank you for that. So I, you recently put up a post that I just love. I love your Instagram. It's one of my favorite, favorite pages to just, you know, get really great energy and insight, you know, on feng shui and just you, um, and what you put out into this world. So there's a post that you put up recently that I would like to, to read if that's okay with you. Go for it. It's kind of embarrassing, but go for it. Um, Okay, cool. So the actual post says, learn to say no without explaining yourself, which I believe is so powerful. And then your caption says, and to say yes without having to justify to anyone. Was not easy for me at all, but so worth it to get better at. Sometimes there are no real reasons why it feels wrong or it feels right. I've tried to reason and explain my way into thinking, making making wrong things right, and found that a big way, that's a big way to accumulate clutter. Sorry, my reading sucks a little bit, but, and to spend way too many days saying, I knew this was going to happen. Why did I not listen to myself? No is no. Yes is yes. A simple way to clear your home, office, and life of lots of confusion and stuff you don't want. So sorry about like messing up the reading part of it, but I think that our listeners capture what hopefully what I love so much about this, which is, you know, it's one part, you know, you you tie in beautiful messages between principles of feng shui and just life, like, you know, how to ultimately live a kind of higher state of living, you know? Um, and I feel like I get that a lot from you, which 
to me, you know, registers, like you have a unique approach to feng shui and just um, your mental framework, you know, is very much in alignment with uh, black belt beauty, you know, living from your highest self and, and, and living a life that reflects that, that feels good, that feels beautiful um, and joyful. So yeah, um, to go to, I feel like that's a great jumping off point. And I would just kind of love if you could give our listeners a bit of your background. Um, wow. Well, first of all, thank you for reading that. It wasn't such a terrible reading. Don't (laughs) (laughs) thank you. Thank you for reading it. And, um, you know, hearing my words said by someone else, I feel like it's very universal. The, the amount of times I get messages that are like, I knew this was wrong and I did it anyway. And I tried to convince myself into thinking it was right. And, you know, there are a lot of things that we should do and there's all this stuff that we're told is normal and not normal. Um, and I think, you know, having, it's very surprising to me that I landed in a world of feng shui, which of all things is based upon one, an art and um, even to some degree a science of setting up spaces so that they're really optimal. But also there are different schools of feng shui that are thousands of years old based upon a lot of principles that are directly against everything I believe in. Like there's a lot of dogma. There's a lot of superstition. There's a lot of... Um, a, a lot, a lot of even dark forces in many of these schools of feng shui. And um, it was just really interesting that in a very haphazard way, I wound up in this world. And in order to be in this world and do what I wanted to do, first of all, I don't even think of myself as being in the feng shui business. I think of myself as an artist. I can't even imagine thinking of myself like that. People always ask me, don't you have competition? I'm like, not really. Um, not because I think I'm so awesome, but because I just don't follow any of that, any of that ethos that's very popular. Um, and the whole reason why I think life and space go together and you can't separate them. I mean, it would be sort of like being a trainer and not caring how your client ate. You know what I mean? It's like you could train till you're blue in the face, but if someone's eating foods that make them feel terrible, what's the point? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you know, it's just creating and destroying at the same time. And, um, and I really think that we all kind of benefit from a more holistic and personalized approach to things. So rather than rules and rather than, um, rather than strict rules and rather than defaulting to, this is good feng shui and this is bad feng shui. This is a house that's going to make you lucky. And this is a house that's bad for you. Um, Rather than defaulting into those, I think really worn out whole mindsets. um, I'm really interested in what you want, what you think you can have. How are you going to get it? How are you going to create a space that supports it? How are you going to create a life that supports it? And, you know, where can we work together to see what's been happening and then where it's going and where it turns and rather than dwelling in this is bad and now this is good i'm really interested in okay so i've had this habit and it's been repeating itself and it's shown up in my life and all of this clutter and so not only am i going to clear the clutter but as i'm clearing the clutter i'm starting to understand that the clutter is a way that i've been sabotaging myself 
So now that I have that aha moment, that's really not enough. How am I going to put myself in a position where I'm not just clearing clutter and then boom, like I think the world's going to change, but rather now I'm really creatively excited. What am I going to focus on? What am I going to build? What am I going to do? That's the stuff I'm really interested in. And I'm interested in helping people to create that in their environments and help as much as I can to help people find a way to put their thinking, their mindset, their stuff into a framework that's more unlimited, more flexible, more relaxed, more flowing so that they can really kind of find their own way. Like I'm no one's guru and I'm certainly no one's example of how to live. Um, but I found feng shui when I was so sick and I got so sick from my lifestyle. Um, and really, I mean, in all irony, I got really sick while I was pursuing this like ultimate wellness of all things, doing all of these cleanses and detoxes and crazy things. And I just really was doing all of this stuff. And I didn't realize it at the time because we never can see what we're doing while we're doing it. Right. (laughs) I didn't realize at the time that I was so driven to this like state of I'm going to sort of like redeem myself because I really believe that at some level that I was broken and that if I did enough wellness that it would help me to fix myself. And instead, I just manifested like the ultimate broken. Like I was sick and I was in the hospital and I was, no one knew how to fix me. And finally they realized I had an autoimmune condition. And I was like, how ironic, a condition where your body attacks itself. Like that's pretty much what I've been doing for the last 20 years. Like now what? And um, that was where I found feng shui. That's where I started all this was literally just looking for things to help myself. I had no this wasn't some business intention. This wasn't like, oh, yay, like I'm going to be a part of a wellness world. There was no wellness world. There was no, there was no big community of, of awakened people that were visible on the internet. There was no, there was nothing. Um, it was yeah. like 12 years ago. And, you know, the thought of burning a sage wand was weird to people at the time, you know? And so, you know, no one understood what I was, what I was doing for my own self. And no one understood why I wanted to become a professional. And I was like, I just want to be a professional because I don't trust anyone anymore after what I put myself through giving away my power to so many people, so many experts, so many gurus, so many healers, so many people just gave it all to them, like gave it all away and wound up literally so sick. I was like, I feel like if I just learn how to do it for myself, I could do it for myself. I could do it for friends. I worked in the art world. I was like, I could do it for clients. I could do it curating stuff. I can, I can use it somehow. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to do it. And um, I had no idea that as I started working with these ideas that they presented a whole much bigger world to me. And I saw so many applications and so many things Um, Because I had a job and because I didn't need to do it for the money, um, I had this freedom. And with this freedom, I was able to do things for free. And when you're doing things for free, people can't expect much of you. You know what I mean? It kind of takes the pressure off of you. So it gave me this like wild experimentation period of years where I had a Tumblr blog. It became 
really popular, even though I had no intention of it being a business. I was doing all of these online consultations because I learned early on that going to strangers' houses can be dangerous. Yeah. And then I I just experimented with all of these things. And again, like I had like this ultimate platform. The only thing I wanted in exchange was feedback and success stories if people had them. And it was crazy because those earliest people became famous, became super successful, made crazy amounts. of. I mean, it was crazy how much people did. And I never said, oh, well, there you go. It's my feng shui that worked. I always just knew like they all would come to me and say, I don't know. It's like I had suddenly more like wind beneath my wings or something opened up or something changed or this is because of you. And I was like, no, I've been through a lot and I know it's not because of me. It's because of you. (laughs) But at least I know that the stuff that I'm playing around with and twisting and turning and changing so that it's more flexible and open and not superstitious and weird actually works. And it works better than anything I've seen. And so I was like, I'm just going to keep doing this. And it was through random events and the birth of a wellness world that this whole other universe emerged that I didn't expect. So that's kind of my background. I had no, no, no way of knowing that I would go from doing what I was doing to doing that this. That is so, it's so inspiring. You know, it's interesting how we can, you know, we find ourselves in, in, you know, hard, in adversity in our life. Right. And then, you know, in hindsight, it ends up being this amazing thing that happened to us because it puts us on a path that ends up being, you know, almost like the rest of our life or the bigger part of it. Right. It connects us, I think, further, closer to our purpose. Right. And I feel that from you, I feel like you've really connected to, to, um, a big part of your purpose here. And when I listen to your story, your, your process, I I love so much that you know you're so not l- limiting you're so not there's no constriction the words that come to me um are you know expansiveness growth learning elevation that's how I truly cuz like as you're saying it all to me I'm such a lover of words I'm a writer right and so and words are energy and you're you're saying your story and I'm I'm just those are the words that um I'm feeling right and I think that a, you know, not only is that just such a beautiful thing to be offering, it's a service to the world because, you know, I love that you, it's very empowering. You know, you, you, you said something about, you know, when you got sick, how, you know, you were giving so much of your power away to, you know, external sources. Right. And I am such an advocate of self-reliance of, you know, our inner state determines our outer state. And to be able to to turn to self first and, you know, address what we need to address from honest perspective and not judging um, within, then we're able to, I feel like that creates a frequency that affects our external, right? I feel like that's, you know, I feel like you, you, you implement that into, you know, into what you do. And I also love how, you know, you, you got into this without it being this, you know, idea of this is going to be, you know, my business or a business. Cause like you said, 12 years ago, I mean, it, nothing was what it is now, you know, wellness. I mean, at all, right. We didn't, I don't even know what Instagram was doing then. Cause I got on it late, but 
So, wow, that's an incredible um, journey that you've been on. <laughs> it's really exciting. It's, it's, I mean, it's been so much fun and I'm so grateful. I mean, I'm grateful that, and I, and by no means did I do this on my own. I mean, there was just like villages of people involved in, in helping and connecting one person to the next. And it was, it's definitely, it was definitely really fun to be around for sort of the birth of the wellness world as we know it. Like it's, it's really interesting to see how it's all twisted and turned and how many people want to get into this, this space now for all different reasons. Um, and I think some really good and some maybe you know, not as awesome, but that's everything, right? Everything that becomes popular. Mm-hmm. But um, just watching, watching, I think people have always wanted all of these things. There's just been no outlet and no place that's serving them. And the minute, you know, it became a thing, everyone was interested. Everyone wants to live better. Everyone wants to have a better home. Everyone wants to be happier. Right. I don't know a single person who doesn't want more love or more money. Um, and so, you know, and more of well-being. And so it's on this really basic level, I think it's, this is about all of us. And then, you know, there's a big thing when it comes to home and home design and stuff that, you know, it could either be really exclusionary where it's, you know, doing really, 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 really upscale giant home renovations and things like this, or it's really DIY and crafty. And to me, I don't care where you land on the spectrum because I think both are awesome. Mm -hmm. But to me, the most exciting thing is how intentional is your space? It doesn't really matter. I've been in many, 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 many giant, like, giant estates and felt like the walls were closing in on me. It was so, so the energy was so terrible. It was so disconnected. The people were so not doing well in their lives. Um, even if they had money, which is not a metric of how well you're doing in your life. And it was, uh, really, really telling. And then to see, you know, people who had these, really beautiful studios and these door, even dorm rooms and these spaces that were just showered with intention and to see like the vast difference that happens. And, you know, ideally we want to have all things, right? You want to have the space that you want that looks the way you want it to look that's filled with the things that you love, but really behind it all it's intention. So if your personal energy is kind of off, it's going to translate into your environment. It just does. Like there's all this incredible science that shows that even when we're not speaking, I could be saying nothing right now. And my whole environment is being filled with the energy that I am transmitting off of me. Even people who are within, I think three, I think it's three feet of me could actually intuit what I was thinking. That's how much science has progressed to show like we really do know what we're all feeling. We really can pick up waves from one another. This is not like some purview of, you know, new age people. This is real. And so if you, you kind of can't take yourself out of the equation, it's not just let's have a beautiful home. It's like, hey, let's be ourselves. Hey, let's like ourselves a little bit more. <laughs> let's do a little bit more, a um, little bit more in terms of like being true to our 
path, whatever it is. And if we don't know, how about just feeling better? You know what I mean? And those are the places I feel like start these huge shifts. And then your house just naturally changes. I usually use this example when um, I'm talking about clutter, but think about this. When you're feeling really, really, really bad, do you really even think about what your house looks like? Are you like, oh, I feel really bad. Like, I think I'm going to clean my whole house and I'm going to throw away everything in the closet. When you're feeling really shitty, you're just like, I'm not, I just can't deal with this right now. And you just don't want to be bothered and you don't want anything. And it it's reflected all around you and you feel it in the air. But when you have an amazing day and you come home and your house is a mess, you just like, I you can't have it. It's like, what is going on here? I have to clean everything. I can't believe this happened. How did this even get this far? I have to fix this because it's a wrong reflection. It doesn't feel right. You want it to change. So I feel like the change can start from within or it can start from the outside, but either way, one affects the other. Your space reflects your life. Your life reflects your space. That's so perfect. It's so beautiful. Um, And I'm, I'm so connected to that to that idea. I mean, if you look in my home, um, which hopefully one day soon you'll you'll be here to see it, but you know, I am so particular about my space. Um, not it. It's. I think the best way for me to 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 say it is, I feel like our space. So be it home, be it office, both. It's living energy. Everything is energy. Like that's just the life, right? And so yeah. when I it's funny. I, I, when I come into my home, <laughs> that's funny. This is going to sound not to you probably, but I don't even care. You know, if I'm gone for a couple of days or even not, sometimes it's a long day. I come into my home and I'm like, hi home. And because I truly have a connection to my home, to the life that lives inside of my home. And, you know, even before I started this podcast, um, you know, there was like, I had my breakfast dish out on the sink and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of like rushing for time. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to wash the dish, put it away because I don't like that stuff anyways. But especially because I know that when I come and I sit down and I'm going to have this conversation, everything outside of me in my home is intact. It's organized. It's clean. It feels good. And that is going to affect me sitting here and talking to you. And so it's exactly what you're saying. It's like, there is a complete connection to, you know, what we're feeling, how we're living, what we're perf- like, how we're performing even, um, to our space, the space that we're in. So I love, I love that you, you know, this is what you put out there and, and, and really like what you implement into, you know, your, I don't want to call it business, even though it is, but your practice of feng shui, um, because I think that it is so important. I remember reading the book, um, the, the magic life, ma- uh, life changing magic of tidying up by Marie Kondo. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny. Cause like when I first picked up that book, I just kind of skimmed through it and what pulled me into it. And I, I know that this is not feng shui, but she literally said that part. She's like, do you greet your home when you get into it? And I was like, oh my gosh, I do. And that led me to read the book, which was really cool. But yeah, I, <laughs> it's funny. Cause I'm like, I do, I love my home. Um, but I want to kind of back up a little bit after acknowledging that from you and just if you don't mind, um, can you break down the, the, what is the definition of feng shui? Like, can we start there and then like trickle into your specific, you know, practice and what you do with your clients and whatnot? 
Yeah, yeah, of course. So feng shui really, really simply is the art and some people will say the science um, of creating an optimal space for you to thrive. So what it literally means is wind and water and um, it's kind of the, the harmony of the harmony of your environment, the harmony of your home, the harmony of energies, the harmony of opposites, the harmony of um, nature, like in concert with people. So it's really sort of the underpinnings are all about creating more balance. And um, so there are many schools of feng shui, as I mentioned, there are lots of different approaches to feng shui. Many of the schools of feng shui, um, are based on, well, they're based on different, uh, almost religious teachings, some of them, um, and based on, uh, using various tools. So for instance, there's a school that relies upon a compass heavily to use a compass so that you go into a house with a compass and then you find a direction and the directions are lucky or they're unlucky, they're favorable or they're unfavorable. And then you have to do all these things in your home to change the directions. And unfortunately, um, I think every year or so, or even more sooner, I think every month or so, the directions change and then you have to change everything. It's, it's very... It's very all about this. The directions are primary. Um, there's other schools of feng shui that um, use various types of divination tools, um, a form of numerology that's not really numerology, uh, a form of astrology that's not really astrology. Um, well, actually, that is astrology, but the way it's applied to a home in concert with numerology is different from the astrology that we know um, at large. Um, and there's just a lot of different types of schools. And the thing that always sort of pushed me away from even wanting to know about feng shui was this, because I don't believe in limitations. I don't believe in luck. I don't believe in having to kind of, uh, have, a direction on a compass supersede what I want my space to look like or what's possible for me. I don't like hearing about luck. I don't like hearing that some people are lucky and some people aren't because if that was the case, I wouldn't be where I am today. I would have never achieved the things I've done if some people were lucky and some people weren't. I believe we make our own luck. Um, and I was just really, really turned off by all of this, like strict ideas of divination and having people come in and bless your home. I was like, I don't want some mortal human being to come and bless anything. That's weird. Um, you know what I mean? Like, just no. I grew up with a Polish godmother and, you know, she would get a blessing from the priest would come to the house and do a blessing. And I was like, I get that. This person has devoted themselves to this. I don't want some random person coming and blessing my house. Like, I just don't like, you know, not even, not even a, a holy person or anything like I, it just, uh, not in my, not in my, in my realm of reality. And I'm from New Jersey. So like at the base of everything for me, it's very pragmatic. Um, you know, even though some of the things I do sound 
magical or like unicorns and rainbows. Like at the end of the day, I'll always be from Jersey. And I always know if something feels like bullshit to me, it is. And so it's kind of really informed a lot. So when I found feng shui, I found a very scientific Western form of feng shui, more scientific. I shouldn't say very scientific because some of the tools will never be studied by science. No one's going to fund um, no one's going to fund research into the Bagua map, at least not now. Uh, but they're much more based on uh, science and research and much more based and rooted in things that were non-life limiting. And I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And while it wasn't a full picture for me of everything that I wanted to do, it gave me these awesome tools. And Again, I was just doing it for myself and understanding how feng shui actually worked. And what I started to notice was the more, like you said, like you really understand you are generating energy all around you and your home is alive. I love the idea that you greet your home. Um, it's one of the things that, um, it's one of the things making a connection to your home is one of the most powerful things you can do. Um, I just, my friends, do you know the energy muse girls? You know what? I haven't met them yet, but my best friend, um, is she, she does. And, and we keep saying that we got to go in there together. Oh, it's so much fun. You've got to go. It's oh so God. much fun. We should Heather, um, that would be so fun. Heather did this really cool workshop. And one of the things that she was talking about was like, Heather and Timmy both did it, but she was ta- Heather specifically was talking about how when you move into a new home or if you're having problems in your home and you've moved in, but you never really moved in to literally greet your home and talk to your home. And you can even talk to your home while you're burning sage and really getting communication with your home. And I've never really heard anyone say that out loud. I mean, I do things like that all the time, but it was one of the first times I've heard it used in this context in public. And I was like, yes. And to hear that you do that intuitively is so cool because we are really kind of I'm inextricably linked to our environments. Even if you're renting a place for a year or for a month, there's a reason why you're there. So um, I'm very big fan of really getting in touch with the energy around you. So that's like, I guess the the basic of feng shui is creating balance. People achieve that in different ways. Um, And my, my thinking about it is to achieve more personal kind of balance which looks different for everyone, for yourself and for your home. And that's, that's where I think the magic happens. And the fact that it's personal is really important because I don't really believe that everyone is meant to have the same amount of downtime, the same amount of, some people need to work a lot to feel balanced. Someone, some people need to work out really hard to feel balanced. Some people need to literally like lay under trees all day to feel balanced. It's very different for everyone. I think the easy illustration to draw a parallel to is diets. You know, there's like ketogenic diet, paleo diet, there's all these, but at the end of the day, cause I'm a, you know, a, a biology geek and I study this stuff with so much passion. And at the end of the day, the best diet is going to be an individual personalized diet for that person because everyone's biology is absolutely different. Everybody's lifestyle is so different. And so you know, to, to say that there's just kind of one, you know, universal way, whatever that way is, um, you know, for, for ever, it just, it, it's not, 
I don't know if the right word would be, it's not realistic, but it's just, I don't think it's as optimal, you know, it's not the most optimal way to, you know, to, to really generate, you know, health and, and high, high level performance. And in your case, you know, to what you're saying, it's like, you know, if we're just going by, Oh, checking off the rules of, you know, this, if we do this, then you get that, but that might not make sense. It's like you said, some people do need to work more. Some people need more kind of Zen out. And so that's so, that's so beautiful. And I feel like, you know, it's just like, it's almost like for me, someone like me, I, I would, I'm so, I would love to have you come in and, you know, help me assess my space and then, you know, generate more harmony because I feel like it's a, I don't know if this is the right word, but it's like more realistic, you know, it's more, um, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. I'll stop there. (laughs) Well, I love, I I love hearing that. It's interesting because I always say like, you know, people say you need to come feng shui in my house. And I'm like, I'll do it with you. I'm not going to do it for you. Um, I don't really do things for people. I used to at the beginning because I didn't know another way, but I've come to understand that the best, the best results in anything are a collaboration, right? It's not just, unless you're getting a surgery, in which case you can't be awake to participate. The best things in life are usually best outcomes are the ones that you can participate in rather than just sort of be the recipient of. And because this is such personal work, like I would need to see the world through your eyes. And instead of seeing the world through your eyes, I would rather hear what you need and want and then walk through your house with you and then collaborate on how to make the changes that can help you that make sense to you. You know, otherwise they're just random changes. They're not, they have no intention behind them. They're not invested. It's just not the same. Um, and so I, I really am big on, I'm big on collaborating with my clients. It's one of the reasons why it actually started, I guess, for about four, four or four and a half years ago. Um, I started these online camps, these online programs. And again, it was like just an experiment and I had no idea it was going to become like sort of this feng shui movement. And, it was, and in them, people do these eight-week immersions in love or clutter or money. And um, while they're doing them, they're all collaborating with each other. They're all helping one another. And I'm collaborating with them. But really, they're getting the tools and they're applying them. And they're just kind of getting feedback from me, meaning... Did I miss it? Am I not interpreting this right? And I'm always like, well, how do you feel? And they're like, well, this changed and this feels great. And I'm like, well, then it's done. You don't really need me to tell you it's good. And the more I saw that happen over the last four years, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so far beyond me. Like I'm, I'm just really guiding a ship like everyone else has created the ship and is moving the ship and is building the ship bigger and i'm just here to kind of like keep it in the water that's pretty much it and not like drive it into an iceberg (laughs) (laughs) that is so badass how fun wait so what what's your next camp that you have coming or how many camps do you do a year and what would be your next one um, so every year there's usually one that repeats. There's, there's three programs. So there's clutter, which starts the year every year. Um, there's money and then there's love. And, um, so it's, it's always 
every, there's always someone for each one or everyone for everyone because every almost everyone wants more love and money and pretty much everyone has some kind of clutter. <laughs> so, um, so it's been, um, it's cycles. So it's eight weeks and then there's a break and then another eight weeks. And, um, and there are these immersive collaborative experiences and there are videos and there's material and stuff. And the next one is an encore of the cash camp. The cash camp was like, for some reason this year, I guess money was really on everyone's mind. So I was like, let's do it. Let's do money. It's funny. I think it has something to do with the political climate. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Probably, huh? That's so interesting. But this year also, the love camp was phenomenally huge. And um, I just think like, you know, people are just looking to really kind of shore up their own stability and in times. That's so exciting. I want to get in on the camp. We got it. So I'm going to make sure that all of this is in the show notes. And, um, that one's, when does that one start in, uh, nine, 10. Okay, cool. Oh, it's, it's a really, um, it's one of those things where you kind of know there's some videos people can watch if they're interested that bring you through some of the feng shui. I'll send them to you so you can watch them as well. Um, mm-hmm. That bring you through uh, some of the projects and some of the feng shui. I like people to actually do it. I know that it works before they join in because I want people there that really want to be there and know that they're a product of the work already. That's amazing. Yeah, please do send this. And I'm going to make sure that this episode gets out before you start that. So for those that are listening and, you know, who want to sign up, um, you know, they'll be able to jump in on it. Um, that's really exciting. So I, 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 I want to kind of um, touch on a few things. Um, I know that you went to Stanford. This might seem random, but I'm so intrigued by this. You went to Stanford, correct? Yeah. <laughs> and you have, so you're, you studied art history, yeah. right? Um, do you feel like that, that experience for you kind of plays into to what you do at all? Cause I just think that's so cool. Um, thanks for saying that. No one thought it was cool in my family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, really? Wow. No one thought anything was cool that I was doing. Um, everyone thought I was wasting my life and wasting my opportunity to have an education where I'm in my family. I was like, you know, the first, my sister and I both went to great colleges, but I was the first one to like, you know, leave and go and go to a big college. And it was just, you know, unheard of. And, and, you know, it was this big opportunity for me to get ahead. And then I studied art history and it was just like the biggest disappointment. So everyone thought maybe I would change my mind and go to law school. And I was like, Oh no, I'm not going to law school. I think I'm just going to go travel. Um, so it was, it was none of my decisions and nothing that I was doing really had much support by anyone except for my mom who just really didn't care what I did as long as I was happy. But it was, uh, it was really fascinating. There's the art history program at Stanford was in a very special moment. The professor who, was largely responsible for the entire Rodin collection, which is um, Mm. epic, Uh, the gates of hell and all of these epic, epic sculptures that are on campus and the Rodin sculpture gardens um, was my mentor, which was insane. Um, And it was just this crazy moment where I got to just really get deep into all of these ideas. But 
the professors who like Al Elson, who was my champion, <laughs> who I just love so much. He actually passed away um, in my last year of, of Stanford. He, he died in my senior year. And um, I had this weird premonition that it was going to happen. And it sort of derailed everything that I could possibly think of doing because he was the kind of guy that if I said, listen, I have this weird idea and I know it's going to wind up being true. Can you help me to make this real? He would say, absolutely. Whereas most other people would say, absolutely not. And um, so I, I had thought in my head, maybe I'd just go get a PhD because it seemed so easy and so fun. And instead, like, I really had to think of who was gonna, you know, I was just so lost without him. And I was like, how do I really make something of this now? Like my, my whole plan has just gotten completely upended. And, you know, I don't have my mentor anymore. And what am I going to do? And um, I wound up actually, of all, uh, of all things, I, I was living, I was going back to New Jersey and spending all my time in New York. And I noticed that there was this like wave of male supermodels and they were all becoming famous. And I just got like a really strange feeling that something big was happening that was going to like kind of shift society. And it was all these beauty standards and all these men who were really paying, like were, were kind of being prized for what they look like beyond all things. And I was just, I wasn't even really comfortable with women being prized for what they look like, but then, you know, men as well. And I was like, something's going on. So of course I went back to Stanford and I was like, I know I'm going to make my senior year about getting this project done where I go and like hang out with all these male supermodels and like do all these interviews and put together a documentary and I'm going to have them pay for it. This is what I'm going to do. So I petitioned the school. I, I mean, everyone said, no, I had to take it. And I had a huge bibliography and I was so passionate and I went to every single department. I went to the department chair, I went to the humanities chair, I, everyone the American studies, anyone who would sit down and talk to me, I was like, please, help me to do this. And they were like, absolutely not. And then of course, like the male supermodel became a real thing. Um, and by the end of my senior year, like a few of those people told me that it actually was a good idea and I probably should have done it. And, um, at least they, they gave me a big award that I was really proud of. Uh, but it would have been cooler to have made that documentary, but that was sort of, <laughs> that was, that was kind of my, uh, my break with academia was like, I had an idea and I saw how insane it was going to be to be me and to think like I thought and to not have someone in my corner who could push for me that had power, that I was going to be reduced to sort of not being myself. And that, you know, all the stuff that made all of this art and all of this history and all of this, the shifting narratives of, of aesthetics and everything else so exciting to me, I wouldn't be able to do anything with because everyone thought it was just not academic, even though it really was. And so, um, so that was kind of it. That was kind of the end for me of that. But I always was looking for a place to bring it back. And I thought working in galleries or working on private collections or doing anything like that, I could figure out a way to kind of bring the two things together, to bring together sort of 
you know, my bizarre sort of art historical sensibility and popular culture. And I guess that's kind of what I did when I started the Tumblr blog was I started featuring a bunch of artists and um, just in these little posts, it's, it was kind of like an Instagram, but I would write a lot um, in them. And I would find these bizarre quotes and I would find like all of these homes and talk about them. And it was really my thesis, you know, of how I saw life and like, you know, how, how I, whatever. And that was like the, the first Tao of Dana. And um, I didn't know it, but apparently all of these artists, all of these famous artists were looking at this thing and I had no idea. And I mean, I heard from a museum director at the, the LA County museum of art gala one year, all these artists were talking about being featured on my Tumblr blog. And I was like, "What? (laughs) that's like the most absurd thing I have ever heard in my life. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and from there I started to see like, wait a second, maybe this is my way. Like maybe there is no path. Maybe I just kind of create it. And over time, I mean, it even took years after that, but over time I started to see ways that I could still maintain my voice and the way that I saw the world and um, the art that I loved in my style and do something like this and not kind of bring myself to a level where I had to sort of fit into a mold. I'm not really big on, um, group activities in that way, you know, where everyone has to conform. I love there my, you definitely operate of authenticity and intuition, which I think is an, an obviously passion too, which I think is such a recipe for success. Like I have this whole concept of, you know, there's inner success and there's external success. Right. And so to me, my idea is, you know, to really feel like a wealth of success in life is when there's harmony in both. Right. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And so I feel, and it's so detectable in you, you know, I feel like you, you know, it's a thing of like, now that we're in this new era where like wellness is, is very trendy. Right. And like, you know, it's like a lot of people kind of want to jump on it, but maybe are not even fully connected in their intuitive self and their authentic self to be operating, you know, this business or this practice or whatever. And I, I, there's just such a difference of when you can, when you come across someone like yourself who is versus, you know, maybe others who like the idea of it, but really haven't tapped into that space in themselves. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, like it wasn't easy for you. Like you said, you know, you went to Stanford and nobody with the exception of your mom was, you know, in agreement with, you know, you choosing art history and all that, but you're a path creator and you stayed true to yourself and, you know, regardless of, 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 you know, the adversities. Um, and I think that it's, it was mostly adversities for a good decade. It was not an easy path. You know, I'm a path creator. And I love that you said that right now, because I think that 
you know, taking the authentic road is doesn't mean it's easy. No, it's probably going to be a lot harder because it's not paved. It's one step at a time. You're living on the edge, which is I frame as like where true life is, right? And being uncomfortable with the uncertainty, but listening to the voice inside, listening to that feeling inside and letting that guide you. And which doesn't mean there won't be, you know, hurt, challenge or ouch or, or you know, but, but it doesn't, it doesn't take you off your path. You just, you know, it's part of your process. And what I love so much, how we can kind of bring it into the nowness of, of, uh, you know, into our nowness is, you know, when we, when we look back at what, you know, what you just um, shared with us to, to where you are now, which, you know, I receive you as someone who is, you know, harmonizing that internal and external success. I mean, it's proof that, you know, when you stay true to, that voice and that, you know, your authentic voice and, you know, your intuition. And even if people don't understand and even the closest people to you, it's like, it, it's the path. It's a path. You're on a path and it's an authentic path. And it, it, you know, it can lead you into the most beautiful, um, you know, experiences uh, of life really. So thank you for sharing that. I, I was so intrigued by the fact that you, you know, you, you did, you know, you went to Stanford and you have a background in art history. Um, so thank you. That was a beautiful piece. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a very extraordinary time. I mean, I'm really glad I made the decision um, to go there and do what I did. Um, it was the whole, I think, I think we all have ideas of what we're going to do. And some of us really know early and some of us figure it out when we figure it out. Um, it took me a long time to come across what I was doing. Um, but I always kind of knew I would. And I think it's the same for like, you know, for almost everything. Like there are some people who come to Hollywood to act and I've, I've seen them when they first arrived and like, even when it was really hard for them, they just sort of never, they just knew that at some point it was going to happen. And not everyone has that kind of certainty. And the people who did, it did happen for them. Yes. You know what I mean? And it, it's, it's something you can't fake. It's like, you can't like fake the universe. You know, <laughs> you either you can't rush you it, either. know it or, you know, and I think that's a really good sort of feeling sense about being on a path is like, you just kind of know it's all going to be okay. When I was not doing what I was quote unquote supposed to be doing with my life, or at least for this part of my life, um, I just, I always felt really unstable and like, uh, there was no safety and the universe was not supporting me. I was just really, really, really disconnected from everything and stuck in my head a lot of the time. Mm. So I often tell people like, even in your home, what feels right is right. Like, and that's that whole thing with the quote you read at the beginning. It's like, sometimes there's no logical reason when it feels right. It's right. And when it feels wrong, it's wrong. And, um, I'm a big believer in this whole idea that, you know, the chain of events that leads to where you are now is totally not random, even if it seems very random, but it's always been sort of that, that thing of like, am I excited? Am I like, do I feel like I'm leaning in or leaning away from something? Like, do I feel that feeling of, um, in your home, there's this thing that you can do. If you've ever had, um, kinesiology done muscle testing. Yes, I have. Yeah. So if, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, like a lot of times various forms of, of 
healers and uh, some acupuncturists, lots of chiropractors use a method where you hold your arm out or there are various other ways to do it. And they'll tell you to keep your arm uh, horizontal and strong. And then they'll ask you a question and push down on your arm. And if the answer is true for you, if it resonates as true, your arm will stay strong. But if it resonates as false, your arm will get weak. And they'll sometimes put things like vitamins in your hand to see if you're if you have a reaction to them that negatively, so you'll hold the vitamin in one hand and put your arm out and they'll push down on your arm. And if the, if your arm goes limp really easily, then the vitamins are not in sync with you energetically. They make you weaker. And the same thing happens in our homes. You can walk through your home and there are spaces that make you feel stronger and spaces that make you feel weaker. And um, if you just even just walk through your house today after hearing this, and look around and just see, look, and then walk into each space, even stand in the corners, stand in places that you don't usually stand in, sit down places you don't usually sit, and just ask yourself, like, do I feel strong? Do I feel good? Like, how do I feel in this spot? And you'll start to see the areas where you can make some changes to make things a lot stronger and the difference is dramatic because good vibes literally make us strong and things that are out of harmony with us literally make us weak it's like why you can't get out of bed in the morning when you hate your job right like totally it's just like the dread okay. <laughs> so i remember when i've lived in my home for quite some time now i love it so much you know I'm, the beach is my backyard it's a it's a humble home it's it's a small you know little beach spot that i love so much but there was a couple of years ago i had this space um which is where i'm sitting now that th- this is exactly how i framed it dana it was the space that i had zero connection to and it was kind of like the hallway passing through but i had this wardrobe and i just and it was darker and it just i i had no connection to it until um, you know, I got to this point where I'm like, okay, I really need, you know, somewhat of an office, right? Um, which I actually don't even call an office. I call it my creative space because I don't want to sit in an office all day. Uh, <laughs> I want to <laughs> sit in a creative space and create. I'm an artist. So, you know, a couple of years ago, um, me and one of my best friends, like it took us two days and, you know, not that much money, but we just shifted this whole space And it's now like a PowerPoint in my house. I have, I mean, it's my creative space. It's where I record, you know, podcasts where I'm not in person. It's where I sit down and I do all my writing. And I just, it has such a robust energy to it. And, you know, and it really, it was the only place in my home that, you know, I felt like there was like a kink in the armor, right? And so I love that you said that because it's ultimately just, you know, it's bringing yourself to a level of awareness. And by the way, I feel like, you know, and this goes into everything that you're expressing too. It's like when you can have that level of awareness and connection in your home, it, it transcends. You're, you're going to be walking around through your life as a more aware and connected human, right? So it's like this waking up process, right? And connecting. So cool. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm so glad you had that experience of shifting that. Yeah. It's so once you know it's possible, once you it once you experience it, it's um it's undeniable. Like there's really no way to say that your space doesn't affect your life. It's really undeniable. 
my gosh. I mean, I even met somebody, um, you know, we're no longer together, but like I met somebody in my love life right after I shifted this space. No, it was like, I wasn't even fully done with it yet, but it was so funny, Dana, because the person that I met, I literally like, I was like, Oh, I want someone from another country. Cause I'm, I've lived out of the country and I like, you know, that it was this whole thing. And I literally met this like foreign, you know, he's a great guy. We're just no longer together, but I literally met this foreign, um, you know, good looking man. And, you know, it was literally as I was wrapping up this project in my home and I was so conscious of it. I was like, I I don't care what this sounds like. Like I am, I want to say the word certain that my shifting of this space that I felt no connection to it actually, I, there was a connection. It was like a disharmonized connection. Right. Um, but with the minute I shifted that, it's like, lo and behold, here comes this, you know, what would be, you know, a, a certain chapter of my love life. Um, this man that, you know, had aspects of things that I was reaching for, like looking for it in love, um, who came into my life, like literally met him outside my apartment. It was so, you know, and not even, oh, I love that. isn't that cool? So it's so affirming to everything that you are saying and putting out. And I, yeah, it's, I, so actually that's a cool segue. I want to ask you, um, cause I'm sure by now people listening, including myself, it's like, okay, oh my gosh, I want to, I want to, you know, shift my whole home and like, you know, just kind of elevate it through core principles of feng shui or just like, but you know, I'm, it's the same thing. Again, I can always draw the parallel to training, to diet. You know, I'm, I'm a great believer in baby steps, um, for sustainability and also like just, you know, really staying connected to the, to the reasons why you're even doing it, you know? Um, so that being said, you know, for those of us who would like to start implementing some of the core principles that a feng shui, um, from your unique approach that, you know, maybe will generate, you know, more love, more wealth, more just harmony in our home. Cause I feel like that will actually, it's like, there's a ripple effect to all those areas. Um, are there like a couple of things that you can just give us, um, to start with, like, I don't know, point us in the direction. I don't know. Of course. Well, you said at the beginning, it's all energy. Everything's energy. It's an energetic space. So if you want more of anything, you just want more high frequency energy. Um, And I know that sounds really abstract, but it becomes more specific as you go. The first thing I always tell people though, is to just do a big, big clean out of your home and do it with as much energy as possible. So to explain, like I, you know, I put this in a lot of, I always do these newsletters and every full moon, new moon, equinox, there's always like a specific feng shui thing so that people get exposed to more tools that deal with different themes. And one of the things I've been really, really into this year has been cleaning with more, I mean, just vinegar and water is amazing for, in terms of energy, but cleaning with, um, cleaning with herbs, cleaning with essential oils. If you don't have pets or kids that can be allergic to them and you're not allergic to them, cleaning with, um, cleaning with energetic tools, like things that you can use really intentionally, like, you know, beyond a sage wand, it can be Yerba Santa or Palo Santo or something else to really energetically clean the space. But really house cleaning is, I'm really engaging in house cleaning. Like I'm looking right now, 
at my baseboards and they were all swept and all taken care of except for one. I see where my door was open while it was being done and this corner didn't get it. And it just stands out to me so much because I know like wherever things accumulate, energy dives. So you just really want to make sure that your whole space is very, 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 very shiny. And that is something that, you know, the best house cleaner, like I said, vinegar and water, like it's kind of simple, white vinegar and water in a spray bottle. It's not a big investment. You can do this and that's for windows, for floors, well, for sealed floors, for glass, like that does a lot. Um, and then, and that's also the reason vinegar is because white vinegar is actually very, very traditionally and many different cultures, uh, has a long history of being used as a negative energy dispeller, um, almost like a spiritual cleanse. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you knew that, but it's, no, I didn't. That's so cool. Um, it's really, really cool. And, you know, of course it's also great for the planet And it's just, I mean, people are afraid that their house is going to smell like vinegar, but as soon as it dries, it doesn't smell like vinegar anymore. Um, I also love, 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 love people to just literally try what I was talking about earlier and just assess how you feel in your home Mm -hmm. because it's going to show you what you discovered. (laughs) those points where you feel, oh, I am disconnected here. Oh, this is off. I am going to get into this. I am going to renovate this. It is going to bring new stuff into my life. But it really starts by understanding what is off. You're really attuned to your space. So you've got that. Mm -hmm. It's just not, I don't think it's anyone's fault that they're not attuned to their space. Like some people apologize to me. They're like, oh no, I'm so sorry. You know, this house is a wreck. And like, I'm so sorry. It's like, we weren't raised to know that our home like directly impacted our life. Like we weren't, you know, this is all like, we're trying to keep up right now with ourselves. So when you're looking at these things, if you find like negative energy or clutter or anything else, like the last thing you need to do is beat yourself up because that's the opposite of what's going to solve this. It's more interesting to ask, okay, what could be going on? And why could this be happening? You know what I mean? And why in a constructive way, not why, what character flaw has created this, but oh, I love that you why said that. is this happening? And like, how can this really show me a better way? And I'm always hoping to see the better way because that's like the breakthrough for so many years. I felt like I was doing well, but like there was a glass ceiling over my head. And I was like, when the hell is this glass ceiling going to go away? And I was like, Oh, it goes away when I stop talking like this about myself and I stop like reinforcing this everywhere I go, that there's something wrong. You know what? I love that so much. I was in the airport um, last week and this idea, this thought came to me that I actually put on a recent solo episode of my podcast. And the, the thought was, because Black Belt Beauty, I'm always pushing the idea of you got you, you got to be on your own team. And, you know, one example of that is, you know, to, to back off the judging. Because, and then this was a thought in the airport that I had the other day, where I was like, we cannot be learning and judging at the same time. You just can't. Because judging is like a conclusion, right? And 
But if you want to continuously be learning and growing, which personally, I mean, I'm a junkie about it. Like I want to just keep learning and growing and learning and growing. Um, you got to back off. Like, so in, in, in the example of what you just said, like if I was to walk into, I'm just going to make an example, like, oh, I might, but that space that I felt no connection to, instead of me saying to myself, like, oh, what's going wrong with you? Like, why can't you get this space together? Like, what's the connection somewhere outside? Like, and just kind of being harder myself. Um, the, the, the way that I think that your, you know, your approaches and what I'm, validating essentially and, and firmly believing in is to to look at it instead and say like, okay, I see you. I feel you. Hmm. This is interesting. So what could I do, you know, to, to, to draw connect, like to create a connection. And so even in saying that, it's like, you know, when you're looking at the judging aspect, it's like, it's so close. It's so heavy. It doesn't feel good. But when you think about like possibilities and how we can, learn from it and, you know, recreate or whatever. It's like, that's expansive energy, right? It's just, I, I just get really tired with like, it's such a broken record for me. I spent so many years doing it and it really manifested nothing good. Um, Nothing, nothing good. And it's very strange because I don't know about you, but I mean, I was raised around people who told me that, you know, you had to be self-critical in order to be motivated. That was a sign of excellence. Mm. Pursuing excellence is really, you know, understanding that you need to be perfect. You need to strive for perfect. You'll never be perfect, but you need to strive for that. And when you strive for that, it means you have to be really critical. Mm. And I just excelled at being critical. I have a very part of what I think made me intuitively good doing what I do is I have a very critical eye. I can see out points in a space. I could see things that are off energetically. I could see things that are off aesthetically. I can feel when things are off and sync very easily. And so, you know, when you're good at that, which a lot of us are, um, you know, when you turn it against yourself, it's just this really big, endless war. And like you said, it just shuts the door. Like nothing can change. You can't go anywhere from there. So, um, you know, that's, a, I think a, a big thing everyone can do is just catch yourself when you're, when you start doing it. It was interesting. I had, um, a physical healer who is also, I think really an energetic healer. He would be an interesting guest actually for you to have on. I don't think he's ever done a podcast. I could be wrong. Um, But he's one of the most next level people I've ever, ever worked with. And I was at a, of the brief story is um, I was at a sound bath and I was in agony. I had in some weird way, did I did something to my shoulder, my neck, my jaw, like everything was a mess. And I, and listen to even what I just said, everything was a mess. <laughs> this is how I was talking to myself for two weeks struggling with this. This is a mess. I'm falling apart. I feel like I'm falling to pieces. I'm broken. And I was just saying this all day on like, almost like on repeat and not even realizing Mm. And it was like, the pain was so insane. And I was like, doctors can't help me. No one can help me. And I just, I made this really, really strong. I'm a Buddhist. And I went to my Buddhist temple and no one was there. And I sat down and I started crying and I was like, I need to find a solution. I am going to fix this. I am going to stop complaining about this and I'm going to fix it. 
And I went to a sound bath and like the next day and um, I never go to sound baths. This was just like a weird random one-off thing. And this guy walked up to me and heard me telling my friend, like, I couldn't really, I still couldn't move my shoulder. And he was like, I can help you. And I was like, all right. So anyway, this guy like randomly didn't even know his name. He wound up in like 15, 20 minutes, putting my whole body into alignment. And in the process in doing it, he was talking to me about this, about being self-critical, about refusing to forgive yourself, about holding on to all of that energy and where it manifests in your body. And I was crying. I'm, I'm in a room with a guy I don't know, and I don't know his name, and I'm crying. Like I'm like, oh, what is going on? I don't even know who you are, but I'm not in pain anymore. Um, and I wound up working more with him, and it was a real revelation to get that alignment in my body and see how it was going to help. It, it's helped me align my home. It's helped me align my creative life. Um, but the most important thing was it, it showed me a next level of ways that I talk about myself that I didn't know I was doing. I thought it was like, that was a thing of the past. I wasn't going to say I was like stupid or crazy or something like that. Like not even a joking way, but like, I was really, really talking about myself like in terrible ways. And I'm very grateful to have seen that and seen how it manifested. It was pretty shocking. So, you know, between you and I, I think we have the final feng shui of the day, which is let's not do that anymore. <laughs> At all. Please be done with it. It's Wow. I'm like, I'm high-fiving you. My heart feels so expanded from everything that we've been talking about. And I just, I'm so excited to, to further connect with you. I mean, there's such an alignment and I know that, you know, there's so many more, we can go into rabbit holes for, <laughs> for hours, I feel like in our conversation, but it's all, it's really powerful stuff. And, you know, I think that he, I just, just one more little piece about that last bit is just, because I feel like it so ties into everything, everything that, you know, you're about your practice, your, you know, what feng shui, life in general, harmony. It's like, man, we are on our team. This idea of you have to be harding, harding yourself to accelerate. I feel like that's for the amateur. I'm going to just say it. Wow. The professional, the higher version of self is like, I don't need to do that. I know how to push myself in healthy ways. Healthy doesn't mean soft. It means, no, no, I'm going to do one extra rep. I'm going to have the hard conversation. I'm going to make that phone call that oh, I'm scared to do because, but you know what, if it's going to generate more of, you know, something that I'm looking to expand and I'm going to do it. I can do all of those hard things without being hard on myself. And in fact, I'm going to actually high five myself. And, you know, even on the, in the moments where I felt, or I feel like, Oh, that maybe wasn't your best, um, performance or I'm not going to beat myself up. No way. What the hell is that going to do? Slow everything down because we can all, we can connect. This is like, you know, I mean, maybe some people do thrive on someone, you know, like kicking them in the ass, like go harder, faster, stronger. But like, I feel like love is a way more powerful, expansive energy that gets us from point A to point everywhere we want to go in our life. And so when we can take that feeling and just, you know, continuously create, you know, that relationship with ourself, um, from that energy, I just feel like we're limitless. 
I just feel like, you know, there is no failure. There is no, it's just, everything is a learning and growing process. And, and there's no limits. Like you said, it's like that ceiling that you felt before shattered. There's no stopping you. And it's all so connected. And I just love that we got into this area of conversation because, you know, it's, it's so relevant to, to everything, you know, it, it, harmony in life. And I think that what you do is essentially, yes, you're coming into home and, you know, you're harmonize, helping people harmonize home, but really it's like you're helping them harmonize their entire life, which I love so much. So, man. <laughs> wow. Well, I hope so. I mean, like I said, they're doing the hard. You guys are doing the harmonizing. I'm just here to kind of give you a perspective you may not have seen before. And, you know, for what it's worth, um, I need that kind of perspective myself. Like, I think everyone I know who I admire in this, you know, world of various forms of self-betterment and art and everything else, like really have teams. Everyone has a team of people to help them. Like, we're not islands and the people who I really respect and admire know that it's never done. I know that they don't know, you know what I mean? They know they don't know the absolute answer. And it's weird to be in a position sometimes where people are looking to me for an absolute answer. Is this going to work? Is this what I need? Is this, is this, and you know, I, it's, in, in a sense, flattering that someone would think that I would know, like, I, how would I know? You know what I mean? Like, but it, it's not something I could even comment on. Like, people even ask me, like, do you think that this program will help me or a consult will help me? And I'll just say, I don't really, you have to feel it. I'll answer every one of your questions, but you have to feel it. If you don't feel it right now, maybe you'll feel it later or maybe you never will. But um, it's definitely not my, uh, I, I don't I don't really believe that I could know anything more about anyone that they know about themselves. And I think that's a really important thing to look for in all of the healers that you work with and all of the people that you, you know, keep in your in your circle. It's really good to have objective people around you, but you know, there's something to be said for people who really believe that you really do know how to solve your own problems. <laughs> so powerful. Just, I, I'm so in alignment with that. Thank you for saying that. Oh man. Okay. So I'm being mindful of your time. Um, there's just like three more things I want to ask you. Um, I want to ask you, I know that you have a certification program coming out. Is that correct? Something like um, Yes. And no one really knows about it. So now they do. Um, but oh. it's new. Well, the people know that saw what you saw, the little sign up. Um, it was funny because I put it up mainly for um, people who had been in my camps for a long time because gosh, now for years and years, I think for the last five or six years, people have been asking me if I would teach them to do what I do. And I just, I, I just didn't have I, at first I thought I didn't know what I did, so I couldn't teach it. And then I thought I don't have the bandwidth because I was like on this train to get all of these programs made properly. And they each take like four or 500 hours to make. And then I was like, okay, um, now I guess I'm going to say yes. So someone had asked me if I would teach them. I said, yes. I thought, hey, it would be cool if I got a few other people who wanted to do it too and we'll do a little group. 
and now it's a whole school. So <laughs> that's so round. So, yeah, it's really, 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 I'm very excited. I think it's going to be very exciting to see, um, to see this out in the world and evolving because that's what I want. Like I want people to take this work and make it their own and keep evolving it and, you know, and keep on and keep on like that trajectory because we're changing so fast. Like I want this method to be flexible so that people can use it in all kinds of circumstances in all kinds of modalities and that it always sort of, it's always, ready to be expanded. Like you said, I like the word expanded too. (laughs) What a great tool to be. I mean, that's how I I feel like it's, it's a tool. It's a powerful, expansive tool that you're going to be, you know, you're, you're supporting others to be able to, to have, um, 24 seven, you know, in their, in their lives. That's amazing, Dana. It's really fun. The first part of the school is, um, I broke it down into two halves and the first half of the training is what I've nicknamed wizard school. And the second half of the training is my design magic area. And so, you know, to me, everyone is, everyone is a catalyst for everyone else. We're all here to encourage and guide each other. And the first half of the training is all about this idea of infinite possibility, which we both love. And the second part of it is all about designing with that in mind in really specific ways. Um, So yeah, it's pretty, it's been pretty daunting. I've had more than a few days of imposter syndrome as I (laughs) codify my own school of feng shui, you know, whatever. But then again, like I said, I'm not here to win any feng shui awards. I'm here to really help people to make the most powerful changes they can make in their home and their life for themselves because they feel them. That's beautiful. And I think that you are completely living that. So I think it's going to be amazing to see this, you know, come alive and then, you know, the ripple effect from it, what, what's to come from all of it. So I'm excited for you and for everybody who's going to be a part of it. So I, I feel like we have so much more to talk about, but I feel like we're going to do this again. And I, I'm, already looking forward to it. Next time we'll be at the beach at your house. Yes, please. That's I'm absolutely. I, I would love that so much. Um, I want to encourage everyone right now to start following you on Instagram if they don't already. Cause like I said, in the beginning, your Instagram page is one of my absolute favorites. So can you tell our audience, um, you know, where they can keep up with you on Instagram and also your amazing blog um, thanks. <laughs> it's, it's so much flattery at once. Um, my Instagram is the Dow of Dana. It's T-H-E-T-A-O-O-F and then Dana, D-A-N-A. Um, and my blog is the Dow of Dana as well. Um, but it's, it's actually the URL is fengshuidana.com. So it's F-E-N-G-S-H-U-I-D-A-N-A.com. I always have to spell it because everyone thinks feng shui is spelled in about 50 different ways, including me sometimes. So um, that is, that's where you can find most of, um, most of the stuff. And then of course, like Facebook and YouTube, if you want to watch videos and see stuff. Um, one will lead you to all things. So you can find that all on my blog or Instagram. You could find out where you can see a bunch of stuff. There's so much free material. I've been writing since 
um, oh my gosh, I think seven, eight years, uh, almost eight. Um, I've been doing the blog for almost eight years and I think there's like 3000 posts. So there's lots of stuff to go through. (laughs) So exciting. I love it. I'm going to go down a rabbit hole in your blog today. Um, I've already peeked at it and, and love what I've been receiving from it. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Honestly, just being the amazing human that you are. And, you know, I, I feel like real love is real. And I shamelessly, and I say like, I'm a very authentic human being and I, I can detect, you know, when I'm connecting to someone who is also living from their most authentic self. And I, I really do feel that from you. I, I really appreciate everything that you're creating. I think it is an absolute service to this world. And, like I said, I'm also really excited about everything that's to come with you and it's for us to connect further. So thank you for spending your time. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for all your amazing words and feedback and, and ideas. And I mean, I think you really kind of intuitively do the stuff that I talk about. And it's really beautiful to see people who are on that on that role and in that flow and you can hear it in your voice and you can see it in everything you're doing. And it's just, it's so awesome. So I'm honored to have been able to be here. Thank you everyone for listening. And um, I'm always down to answer anyone's questions. Amazing. Okay. Thank you so much, Shana. You guys, thank you for spending your time here with us. I will have everything that you need to follow this amazing woman in the show notes. Stay connected to her. Stay connected. Let us know what you think about this episode and looking forward to the next one always. Thank you. Bye. All right, you guys, you have to admit that episode was awesome. I mean, Dana is such a positive source of energy. And I really do believe that following her on Instagram and signing up for her cash camp is going to be a a way to evoke a positive shift in your personal energy and thus your life. So all the information on how to follow Dana, stay up to date with her and sign up for her cash camp is in the episode webpage as well as blackbeltbeauty.com. It's on blackbeltbeauty.com. You can simply click on the link that will sign you up to her cash camp. And you guys, for those of you who are going to do it, I'm psyched because I'm going to be doing it with you. So Aside from that, I just want to thank you again for spending your time here with me. Time is the most expensive commodity. That's how I frame it. And, you know, it means a lot for you guys to share, to share yours with me. So my goal is to continuously be providing content that is going to add value to your life, even if it's just making you laugh and making you smile. But obviously I'm reaching for a lot more than that. Um, If you did like this episode, please share it with your friends show me that you listen to it or are listening to it on your Instagram stories, DM me. I love feedback. Um, if you could leave a review on Inst- on iTunes, you guys, that is so helpful. This is my, you know, it's my passion project, um, but I'm all in. I'm super committed to it. And you know, it takes a lot of time and even finances to produce it. So, um, but I love it. I'm doing it with all my heart and I'm just getting started. So, any and all of your support makes such a big difference, not only to my passion and you know the mindset that I have when I'm creating this content for you, but also just to keep it alive and to generate a larger audience. So the more of us kicking ass in life, the better. So thank you again, sending you so much love and always looking forward to the next one. 
Thanks for taking the time to check out this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please share it with your friends. Head over to iTunes, subscribe to this podcast, rate it, leave me an honest review. Let's connect. I am so excited to do that in this space and really create content that elevates your mind in support of your best performance in life. You can find me on Instagram at blackbeltbeauty. I'm active there every single day and I look forward to connecting with you all. So thanks again and I'll catch you on the next one.